Welcome to the Connection Codes podcast. This is the podcast where we break open our emotions from being disconnected to connected in our relationships and in ourselves. I am your host, Tara Wages, and I am here today with Dr. Glenn Hill, marriage and family therapist, clinical sexologist, his incredible wife, Phyllis, and their son and daughter-in-law, Sky and Meg Hill. I am recording this intro after we've already had the conversation, and I'm so glad I did so I can confidently say, listen to this episode all the way through. There are so many incredible hot takes, like little moments that were said that I wish I'd had my notepad. Like I need to be taking notes of things to apply to my own life and family. So if you have a pen close by, grab it. Listen, if you have a child that can feel a little difficult sometimes, or you need more direction and tips on logistics in parenting, this is the episode for you. So we're going to dive in. Hello, world. Hi, friends. Well, this is an amazing and special Mm. podcast for us to have our son and daughter-in-law. And part of the reason why we asked you guys to be with us is because Mm. we are launching our parenting masterclass. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, have heard our story, our marriage story, but they're always curious about... Mm. Our story as a family, our story as parents, and there's times that we mention something and and someone will say, oh, I've never heard that. Mm. So uh, we realized, especially because our oldest daughter, Echo, is on the masterclass with us. She's the one who's got five children, and we love, love having Mm -hmm. her teach with us, but a lot of times people want to know more about our other children. Mm. So... Uh, we're thrilled today to have Sky and Meg on the show with us. And, you know, part of the question that comes often with people is, okay, what was it like growing up in our home, uh, especially with Dr. Hill? Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, let's start there, Sky. Just any memories or any, like, what was it like growing up uh, in our family. Yeah, and I'm excited a big part of today is for you, for, for both of you, as far as your own childhoods, what worked and what didn't work, the mm-hmm. things that stand out to you, yeah. but then also the things in, because you now also have children, you have a 13-year-old son and a nine, mm-hmm. nine, shoot, nine, get me right, she turned 10, nine-year-old um, precious little girl, and you know, what are the things that you have seen work and not work, and in particular, from your own childhood where you go, well, I, you know, I remember that with dad. I sure as heck wasn't going to repeat that with my kids uh, because you have a great perspective in that, you know, to be able to see the things that worked and didn't work. And I always share with the audience, just so you know, that one of the times I laugh the hardest is when my four children get together and they lie a little bit and they twist and embellish a bit. But when the four of you get together talking about growing up with your father and <laughs> Just the stories, and mm. and we also talk a lot about the power of the three phrases for me to be able to say to you kids that, yep, I missed it. Wow, I missed it, I missed it, I missed it. You know, feel guilt about that, I really missed on that. And the power of that and how kind and gracious and compassionate you kids are with us to realize, yeah, mom and dad missed it. They, mm. you know, they were giving it their best shot. They had no bad intentions uh, they didn't have bad motivation they just didn't have the right tools mm. and so they missed stuff uh, with this so there we go take it away <laughs> okay so the question is what was it like growing up like what were some specific memories um god there's tons of them i mean i i think the overarching theme as a kid was uh peace mm. I, I grew up in a what what I considered a peaceful home. Looking back, I was the uh, challenging component <laughs> of that piece, but I didn't know that as a kid. So, um, mm. yeah, I, there there was uh, consistency and peace. What was was the again the the feeling I left, and I remember that sinking in probably late teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, just having conversations with friends about things that I thought were really normal. Mm. No, I didn't think they were normal. I didn't even think about them. Mm. That was just my life. And I thought that was everyone else's life as well. And hearing that that's not 
what the, the, the typical childhood looked like. And mm. so that gave me, um, th- there was, it, it, internally there was a shift of just appreciation and thankfulness mm. that that's what I grew up in. Um, mm. And I think now in reflecting back on y'all as parents, me as a kid, which again, I want to be very clear, that was difficult to parent me. Um, <laughs> lots of passion. I, that's the kind way to say mm. it to myself. Um, was that you you can only do the things that you know how to do. So if you don't have the mm. tools wow. mm. to parent your kids in a way that you want to, because I think most parents, at least that are probably listening to this, they want to be your parents. There's mm. such a drive and a desire, yeah. and I'll speak for both of us. Like We want to be great parents. Mm. But if you don't have the tools, then you, you can't instill that in them. And um, recently we were... Uh, talking with someone and they shared that if if you're looking at the people around you, so if you're looking at other parents and going, okay, I see their kids, I, I want to be a parent like they are because I love the way that their kids interact with them. And the analogy that was told to us was, so if you're looking at everyone else fishing and catching fish, and, and the analogy of catching fish is being a good parent, uh, and they're out on a nice bass boat in, in the middle of a pond, and they're just pulling them in mm. consistently, pulling them in, pulling them in. So they're successfully parenting very well. And you're on the shore trying to dive in and catch fish, mm. and you're confused. Mm. You're sitting there going, I don't, I don't get it, because they want to be good parents, and I want to be a good parent. Wow. And we're both putting in effort, but they are bringing back catch after catch after catch, and I'm starving to death. Mm. I have no fish. Wow. And to me, in hindsight, like things like the connection codes and, and stuff that I've learned in my adult life is the realization that you're only capable of doing yeah. with the tools that you have. Mm. And, and so, um, you know, I, I just have so many memories, Dad, of you uh, wanting to catch fish. You mm. wanted to be such a great dad. You were, you were present. You were uh, tuned in. You were aware and, and made space for me but I was passionate and it was challenging. I think for you, cause you didn't have the tools. Yeah. Um, there, there wasn't, there wasn't a, uh, a clear communication style that worked mm. for both of us. I, we were very different in, in mm. a lot of ways. And, um, I think that was always, again, reflecting back difficult, both as a son, but I would assume as a mm. dad, like I'm saying these things, but they're not resonating. Like what, mm. what's happening? What, what am mm. I missing? So, um, yeah, that was, I mean, I don't know if that's specific memories, but uh, but yeah, it, it was a precious childhood that mm. I, I I do, especially when our kids were young and we were just flying by the seat of our pants trying to figure it out. We had kids really young. I was twenty. We were talking about this this morning. I was twenty-two. You were twenty-three, something yeah, like that. Um, so we had no idea what we were doing, and uh, I just remember having a lot of. Okay, so this is what I remember. So this is what I'll do. Mm-hmm. You know, this is we'll we'll always read at night. We'll uh, always be excited to see him when I come home. I mm. remember, um, you know, I'll sit in the driveway and try to decompress before I come inside, so mm. that the kids don't care or aware that I had a stressful day. Like this mm. is just the first time they're seeing me. So I want to be present, dial in, and yeah, you know, well. fake it maybe a little bit. Mm. Uh, well. A lot of it at that season of our life, mm. but um, just that moment of like bringing positive energy. Uh, I, I love not the quote, but the the concept of um, you know your your kids didn't choose to be your kids, mm. but you chose to have kids. Wow. So it's your responsibility, in my opinion, to yeah. be yeah. the best parent you can be. And I think the mm. way that we have uh, really leaned into that over the past few years is being pretty obsessed with go get more tools. Just wow. grow wow. as much as you can. Um, I'm going to be quiet after this, but I, I think that uh, a huge lesson that I've learned as Asher's gotten older and I've reflected back on the mistakes that I've made is that I don't know that my kids, at least, I'll just speak for my family, I don't know that my kids listen to anything that I say. Mm. Mm. I think they just pay attention to what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So if I talk to them about being kind, but I mean to... Meg, my, mm. they're like nah, that's that doesn't that's not congruent. That doesn't mm. line up. So mm. that that piece must not be true. Wow. And that's been wow. convicting over this new season, probably the last mm. year or two of like, mm. that's on me. I, I've got to be what I'm telling them to become, or stop talking about it. Mm. Mm. Like, and and don't mm. be confused why they're not behaving 
or in line with my teachings if I'm not living them wow. first. So that's mm. my, that's my soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Well, yeah. you know, I, I love that. And we're not necessarily <clears throat> fishing for specific stories. It, it's, it's more, I think sometimes, and I actually was talking to a dad this morning because I think we want results. We want immediate results, mm-hmm. actually. We, if our kid is melting down, we want a formula, we want a tool that will immediately bring a different reaction, a different response. And, and part of what I was saying is uh, that with us as parents and our family, I think we kind of saw the long haul, the, we want to stay connected. We were not always striving. We didn't have a ton of rules. Uh, We didn't have curfews. We didn't, you know, as, as you were going into teenage years, like we were more about the heart. We wanted your heart and we wanted to stay connected to you. And, and I think sometimes as parents, we kind of have the, we just want total obedience. We, mm. That's what we're striving for with our kids. And we'll do yeah. it. We'll do whatever it takes to get total obedience out of our children, even if it costs us the connection. Even if we lose connection with them, you know, when they're 10, 15, 18, 100. Um, mm, yeah, especially 100. Yeah, 100. <laughs> yeah, all those 100 year old kids. Wow. You know, even with our married kids, it's like, yeah, but they were obedient. You know, it's mm. like, wow, really? Is that really what we're striving for? Are we striving to stay connected? And and I I love that, you know, with what you were saying, even to not, ha- we don't have the tools. So mm. many of us just didn't have the tools. And and it's kind of a, that, that idea of being able to go, man, I, I really miss that with you. Like to be able to say that mm. to our kids is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And especially as you're learning other tools, even what you just was, were just saying, if you're unkind to Meg, but you're trying to teach your kid to be kind, that there's such an inconsistency there. But to even come to that realization and then to be able to go, you know what, guys, I really missed on that. Mm. I was not kind to your mom wow. in that, and and I really want to be kind. Mm. And and it's like your kids soak that stuff up. Mm-hmm. Kids are extremely forgiving. Mm-hmm. And give you chance after chance after chance. It, it's a beautiful thing, um, but it's kind of creating that space that we're we're growing together. We're in this together. We're a team. You know, creating that team atmosphere in a family is so huge. And you know, I know that we were criticized a lot as we were parenting because we kind of took a different road on mm-hmm. most things. And, uh, you know, I remember at one point somebody saying to us, um, that part of your issues was because we didn't come to all of your baseball games. Sure. And it was like, I I don't think that's his only, I mean, I don't, you know, I never could quite buy into that. And I loved that you, I remember you and I having a conversation and he was, you Sky said to us, Hey, mom, dad, it's okay that you don't come to all of my baseball games. Like that's not you know, this other parent was like, no, that is what makes good kids is if you attend every sporting event they ever have. Mm -hmm. And what's sad now, many, many years later is I look at those families. Now Mm -hmm. those parents who showed up for their kid at every single ball game and they're not connected, you know, they have adult children now that they're not connected Mm with. So I'm like, okay, that was not truth. <laughs> you saying that to us was not the truth. Yeah. Us staying connected to you went far beyond mm. showing up at every ball game. It was it was going after the heart that I think made such a difference, which may be kind of what you were just saying with um, what we were living out versus just our words, mm-hmm. right? Like the relationship we had with you through thick and thin and um, you did mention that you were very passionate. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So. Well, even with like our child that's passionate, when we would have meltdowns with him, mm. I think it was actually good that like he could remember like in his brain, oh, I know what's going on in his brain mm. right now. But at the same time, the other thing that I remember that kept me grounded when we were, I was football grasping him through Target, him screaming, mm was a lot of times in parenting, we're worried about what everybody else is thinking. Mm -hmm. We're not worried about 
what's going on inside of our child. And Mm. I think it comes Mm. from a long line of like, it's an identity piece. Mm -hmm. Like, so that child is being bad. That's a reflection of me. Well, yeah, maybe, but maybe also they're just really wanting that toy Mm -hmm. in the back that they're feeling so Mm. sad that they didn't get. So I think that's another thing that we have to remember is, you know, when kids are freaking out, we have many stories about one of our children of Mm. him freaking out, but it just, at the end of the day, what mattered wasn't what everyone else was feeling in the Mm. room. It mattered Mm. what he and we were feeling. And that is what I think keeps you connected as parent and children. Mm. Cause there would have been multiple times where it would have been like, I could have lost my mind on Mm. him, you know, Uh, we did. Yes, we, we did. did. <laughs> we did that too. Oh, I just want to be clear. For yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. But but we also there were also moments where I had to go because mm. I was a stay at home parent at the time, and I mm. was with every parent every moment. I felt like during the day I was handling. Mm. So there were more moments that I could have lost it, and I just had to keep remembering those people won't see you tomorrow, and those people won't wake up at your house, yeah. and they you know all of those things. So I mm. do think. There is a huge identity loss with a parent when a child freaks out. It's like, what am I doing? Am I not doing good enough? Mm. Is that why this child is doing this? When you've got one of those kids, they just mm. feel so different. They're they challenge you. They're intense. Like even so, some of the things you talk about in your childhood. But when you look at them as adults, mm. there are these mm. like incredibly world changers, world mm. changers leaders. Yeah. And you mm. in your brain, you just have to go they're going to be great. They are great, but they're going to be better. You know, like you just have to keep saying that. So, but I do think that's a big piece. Yeah. And I think that speaking on that, like hindsight's always clear vision, but the, the realization that I didn't have when our, especially our oldest was younger that I do now is parenting is seasonal. Mm. So there was that so much of the way I interacted with him early was one uh, Fear of okay, how are people perceiving mm-hmm. our family? Mm-hmm. Strangers, mind you. Like these are not like people, people I know. In five guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. we're not talking about like family. Members. I'll never talk to them again. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so the, the fear of how we're being perceived, but then also the fear of what this will translate mm-hmm. into a, as a twenty-five-year-old mm-hmm. yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what I've realized is, as long as I do my job, my my the responsibility of being a good father. And, and husband, I think those have a very dual role in mm. the way your kids are brought up. But mm. um, if, as long as I do a good job, he's not going to end up in prison. Mm. So don't don't think that because he smeared ketchup on the table, I'm speaking to myself, Sky, don't think because he spe- smeared ketchup on the table, he's going to murder someone mm. at 21. Mm. And mm. so many of my actions as a disciplinary dad mm. were driven by that. Mm. Oh my gosh, he's going to, what? A, and, and maybe oh, so not even fear. that extreme, but you know, I he's did. going to end up living in the basement as, you know, 200 pounds overweight playing mm. video games. Oh, mm. like let's, Let's die on this hill today mm. to prevent him mm. from living in a basement. Yeah. And, and as I've gotten older, the realization that if I lean in to what's happening for him, he's aware of what's going on typically more yeah. than I am. Yeah. Mm. And there's a lot to talk about. And it has nothing to do with him becoming a serial killer. Mm. It has to do with whatever. And, and mm. oftentimes, and connection codes were big for the, mm. the conversations, the dynamic yeah. in our the four of us, our yeah. family, uh, was what's happening for you. Mm. Like uh, leaning into, oh, oh, okay, so you're smearing ketchup or throwing a Coke across the room. We've got lots of really fun stories. Um, <laughs> because yesterday at school, somebody made fun of you mm. and you're feeling a lot of hurt and sadness and shame and guilt. Wow. And that's just turning into mm-hmm. you hitting your sister. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where it, I, I don't need to... He knows we don't hit people in our mm. family because we don't hit people in our family. Mm. So that he knows that. I don't need to hammer that lesson home. What I need to do, what you say, is stay connected to mm. him and lean into, hey, dude, what's happening? Mm. Because wow. that, to me, is what, one, keeps us together, yep. and two, helps him the next time with a tool of what yep. is happening yep. for yep. me. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I will say, too, mm. I've noticed, well, the older he's gotten, so I think he he's able to process a little bit faster Mm. before he speaks or acts or whatever. Mm. Um, Once we integrated the connection codes of what's happening Mm. and realizing, like you just said, um, 
he's not trying to just be so disobedient. Mm. Like he's not trying to, how do you say that? Like he wasn't trying to take charge of the whole situation necessarily. Mm. He just didn't know how to communicate that well. And then also I think the healthier we are as individuals and as like a couple, that's changed everything. Like I think what we sometimes are like, I want to be such a good parent, but I'm not going to take the time to work on Mm. myself. Like, Mm. how can you be a whole parent if you're not even a whole, you know, human? So Mm -hmm. I deal with like, you know, fear and that that's kind of my go-to is Mm. fear. And so like, he was scared a lot and I'm like, probably because his mother is scared, Mm. you know, but Mm. I didn't know that about myself enough to slow down and go, Mm. buddy, like, I get it. I feel Mm. those same feelings. And when they hear you say that you feel the same Mm -hmm. feelings, it gives Mm -hmm. them some safety of like, I'm not losing it. Uh I'm just, my mom feels that same way too. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes as parents, we try to be like, we don't want to show them our weaknesses because we want to let them know we're in control. But like sometimes showing them our weaknesses is actually what gets them to open Mm -hmm. up and go, oh, you do, you feel that too. Yes, yes. So with Addie, our, our youngest, um, she will come to me and have like fears and stuff. Mm. And the, as soon as I say, I felt that, I know mm. how that feels. She mm. instantly is like, it like brings, she like, like yeah. comes into uh-huh. like my arms and, mm. oh, okay. Okay. Like I'm normal, you know, like mm. whatever normal is. But mm. yeah, I think that's a big well, I'm thing. like you. I, yeah. I can connect with you. I mean, that's yeah. what they want. I yeah. think all kids, no matter how uh, functional or dysfunctional of a yeah. family you have mm-hmm. un- until they don't, and that's a mm. scary, sad part. But until they don't, all they want to do is be with you and be like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and again, that is a massive responsibility. Mm-hmm. And take it as such. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, I think that parent parenting cannot be passive. Mm-hmm. Not well, parenting well mm-hmm. cannot be passive. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I think I think the more that you realize that this is a team, which really goes against some of the ways that I grew up not necessarily at all from y'all but just the outside voices of mm. there's the there's the parents and the kids submit to that you, mm. you spoke to something about oh, obedience mm. right. um, yeah. and i think there's i mean i've read several studies there's less and less data that that's valuable mm. and, and it's actually mm-hmm. somewhat unique just to the western culture mm. Uh, globally, that's not right, a, a yeah. typical standard. There's, there's quickly at a young age responsibility for the kids to participate mm-hmm. in the team. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah. you, you participate both emotionally and mm-hmm. relationally, but also physically. Like chip in. It, it's mm-hmm. your job mm-hmm. to participate around the house. And um, I recently read a book. Uh, you recommend it to Hunt Gather Parent. Mm-hmm. I, I believe mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah. Highly recommend that book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it talks a lot about that of that collaborative piece. Yeah of how do we engage as a family unit to win, mm. not how do we engage as a family unit for you to do what I say. Because right, yeah. yeah. I, I, I believe that that is uh, not very human. It doesn't mm. connect with like, I, I don't do that. Like if some if an authoritative, authoritative figure tells me like, just do it because I say, which I'm passionate. So I just can't. Mm. I'm like, I don't care what it is. I was yeah. going to do that and I won't. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that that idea to lean into of make it make sense for them. It doesn't mean that there's times where I think you use that example a lot. R- running out in the middle of the road, there's times where it's like that's so rare. You just listen right yeah. now. You have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the majority of life is yeah. relational. There's a flow yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. And w- what we find is that if in fact the parent is able, and this is true in business leadership, whatever. If in fact the the leader is able to um, exert their will over the other, the other kind of hopes that it fails because then they can blame the leader because they're not on board. They're not on the team. And so if I tell this person, you do this because I said so, I'm an authority, you're not. Uh, I always quote Matilda, um, you know, you're... I'm I'm smart. You're dumb. I'm big. You're you're small. There's nothing you can do about it. So now this person is not united with me. They're walking out the door, going, "Okay, fine. I have to do it. I hope it messes up because mm-hmm. then I can turn back and go, it was his fault. He's the one that told me to do it.' Whereas I want them on my team, where they walk out that door thinking, "We're going to do this. This is going to work." And there's so much power. In that, because now we're not adversarial, we're teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get it, They're, the parents are responsible for paying the bills and such, but we want teamship uh, in this. Early on, I heard somebody say once, which always helped me, he said, parenting is like pushing a rope. 
you have to go really, really slow, and you have to start over a lot. And if you're trying to push a rope, well, it keeps getting crooked. <laughs> and you're like, well, shoot. And yeah, you have to start over a lot. You go, oh, man, I missed on that. Uh-huh. And you just start over. But you have to go really slow. And that's hard, I think, at times uh, for parents, especially parents of little ones. Mm-hmm. Because these little ones are fast. And that's the very time that they need you to be able to go slow with them and find out what's happening. And you're just trying to get to school at 830. You're not thinking, uh, let's figure out what's happening with this little seven-year-old. But the seven-year-old, you know, there's so many social constructs we make up. Well, being at school at 830, well, who made that up? That's just, so this seven-year-old has no concept that, oh, no, no, we're supposed to be at school at 830. First of all, I don't even understand the, the abstract of time. Second of all, they're like, well, they're not going to start without me because if I get there at 10, same difference. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter. So this seven-year-old has no concept of hurrying to get there at 830. The seven-year-old's thinking, well, yeah, but I was playing Legos, and this is really cool. And I'm having fun playing Legos. And that's what, and kids are so present with themselves. Uh, and we're doing all these outside, external uh, social constructs that don't mean anything to the kid. And to be able to be present with them and realize, and again, I get it, you're still going to try to get to school at 830, but they don't always play out exactly the way we'd like for it to. Yeah, I think the, um, at least for us, the, so that to me is more logistics than relational, which right. in, in raising kids, logistics are real. Like mm-hmm. you, sure. you can't show up to school at 11 right. every day. They'll kick yep. you out. Mm-hmm. So there, there's, there are some realities to it. Yeah. So I think for us, this to me goes back to tools. Like we, um, as probably most families have dealt with being on places or two places at time mm. at, at the right time, yeah. which, uh, whew, I really care about. So <laughs> it's a struggle for me. Um, but what, what we've found is there's tools that we can do to make it work. So little mm-hmm. things like, and ours are a little older. So I understand that life and, and certainly parenting is seasonal, but for us, what's worked is we got them alarm clocks. Like, Hey, you mm-hmm. guys wake yourself up. Like mm-hmm. if yeah. I'm waking you up in the morning and, and when we're not in a routine, I do wake them up in the morning and it takes, which we're not in routines. So we don't care, but it takes forever. Like, it'll take 20 minutes mm. for I to get out of bed because the bed's comfortable. Where when she, two things, when she has her alarm clock and a written out schedule of the morning. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. Meg will write them a schedule and it... It, it changes our whole... Oh, it, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, and it, it can be back to back. So on Tuesday, we write a schedule. On Wednesday, we don't. Or on Tuesday, we make them... Mm. Or Monday night, we make them set their alarm. Tuesday night, we don't. So it's not like we're we're in different times and they've gotten in rhythm. One is a disaster, and I'm mm. freaking out because we're supposed to be there at eight thirty mm. and we're leaving at eight fifty, and I'm just sweaty and <laughs> it's terrible. Lots uh, goes on. Yeah, I do not do well with it. Um, mm. But then, but then reflecting back as a dad, I'm like, I, this is typically how I view the the lens of my entire world. Like, what can I do? Mm. It's my house. Like, I'm the parent. Why am I looking at them, you nine-year-old? Like, why are you not more responsible? And I'm sitting here going, I, I didn't encourage her to set the law. Mm. We didn't write the list. So I think that there, when it comes to logistics, often it's go get some tools. Mm. Go ask some people yeah. what's wow. working for them. Find a community of uh, intentional parents, mm. um, which, which is hard. Is very difficult. Mm. So I don't want to, like, pat, that's just easy to do. But I think that... But I think all that goes to all of life. Like if it matters to you, go seek it out. You can find it. And mm-hmm. if it, and on the flip side, if it matters to you and you don't seek out tools, mm-hmm. that's on you. Mm-hmm. That's your fault. Mm-hmm. Like you need to deal with that consequence of you've you've chosen that path, mm-hmm. and and your kids have to go on it with you. Oh, like, yeah. 100%. I hundred mean, percent. And, and the relationship is broken yeah. in the mm-hmm. in the journey. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I think that logistics are. Mm. Um, a really important piece to not gloss over. Cause I think for me, like I hear these conversations sometimes and I'm looking at the camera for this one, like we are not perfect parents. So mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to say like, well, we, you know, we just live in rainbows and, no, unicorns not. and no. we have lots of moments, but I think it, at least for us, like what it often, I'm trying to think how often we actually like convene me and you, it's pretty regularly that we're like, Hey, let's change this. Like mm-hmm. the, here, here's a pain point in our family, whether it's technology, whether it's, um, being lazy, time you know, management. time management, whether it's, um, there, there's a lot that are like, Hey, these are our pain points. And if, where's the root of that coming from? 
And I think what we try to pull back to is if we're not willing to pull that root out, then we need to stop being bothered mm. by the pain point. Wow. Mm. And we're probably not going to. So let's go pull the root out. Mm. And it stinks. But it's also one of those where when we do that, whether we do a technology blackout or we, we make schedules or buy alarms or whatever, there's a, there's a um, growth season, kind of a painful season. I, I usually think of it as like two weeks, but mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what. Mm. Uh, I haven't really monitored that. But where there's pushback. And there's, well, I don't want to do that. If we introduce new new chores, new new responsibilities, they're like, I don't want to. If you stick with it and you create mm. a positive, hey, mm. guys, this is just the new, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. This right. is how we're doing right. it now. In two weeks, now it's lifestyle. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kids adapt, I think, way faster. Mm. I don't know if this is a stat, but I kind of live by, you know, 21 days to create a, life, uh, a uh, habit, 90 days to create a lifestyle. Mm. I think kids, as long as you treat it like a lifestyle, two weeks. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is just how we live because they don't know a difference and there's not this outside noise and influence. Right. So it's, this is right. how our, our family behaves. And I do deeply believe it circles back to if we don't do it, don't don't force them or encourage mm-hmm. them to do it. Well, and I think that yeah. goes right. back to knowing what you need for yourself because I know when I started working mm-hmm. part-time, I was I would get to the end of the week and Addie would she would say, Are you gonna be stressed tomorrow? Mm. And I was like, Oh that just like wow. dagger. And so what I realized is I was trying to work and do a lot for them and like mm. party plan and blah blah blah, you know, it's all these things. And we were coming back from a trip and I said, I because I, I had like ten days to not work and I was like, I'm planning too much. Mm. And I'm not giving them the, hey, I need your help. Mm. And so I got home and I said, hey, I work these three days. And on these three days, here's how we're going to handle the schedule. And I mean, our days, I wasn't stressed anymore. Mm. But it took me going, why am I, like, what is happening for me Mm -hmm. that the kids are, like, just kind of like, like, bad and then as soon as we did it it's like they know that they have this and this Mm. and this to do and they know they can't come into my room and then Mm. after that so i think it's knowing what the pain points are for us and i think Mm. we struggle sometimes through life just every day is the same we're stressed but we don't know why and Mm. all these things we don't stop long enough and once we stop then the logistics you can figure out the logistics once you stop and realize what you're needing and what your family's needing so yeah. That was a big one for us, though. Yeah. Well, and so much of what you're talking about, you know, the connection goes, we talk about psycholation, psychological isolation. So much of what you're talking about is making sure that you're not living mm-hmm. in psycholation, that you have outside input, you have outside voices that see things differently than you do. And, of mm-hmm. course, any entity, an individual, a couple, a family, a community, a business, whatever, can live in psycholation, and they're going to be defeated because none of us can see ourselves and uh, I remember with um, Phyllis's mom, you, of course, remember Oma, she would visit, and uh, always at the end of her, her visit, you know, she would write a letter by hand, which is, who knew that was a thing? You could write <laughs> stuff with your hand. But um, she would write a letter, and she would just, and she was always kind about it, and very respectful, but she would just present ideas that, you know, it seems like maybe you could do this differently, mm. probably help the kids if you did uh, that uh, in, in a different way. And... You know, and we were always um, loved getting that input because it's so helpful. Mm-hmm. But she could see it, mm-hmm. and and I don't know if I'd say always. I don't like saying always, never. But I think always we were surprised by the mm-hmm. things that she would present, and we would even ask each other, like, "Wait, is that true? Is that is that what we do?" And then the more we considered, we're like, "Yeah, that is. That's mm-hmm. exactly how that plays out." Yeah. But Oma could see it because she's from the outside coming in, mm-hmm. and we've been living it for you know whatever weeks, months, years, and we're just not aware that that's how things are playing out. So that's such a huge, yeah. and you, you know, of course, that's the very first slide on the Connection Coast Foundations. Is that humans are the least likely species on the planet to survive independently? We're not designed for that. We're not supposed to function that mm-hmm. way. We're the most likely species, not just to survive, but to thrive interdependently. And for our culture especially, and there's a lot of cultures that are like this, we just don't function that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's none of your business. You know, mm-hmm. we have all these phrases. You know, it's none of your, mind your own business. You know, don't air your dirty laundry. And, and I think in our faith communities, it may be worse uh, because you show up on Sunday morning, and I mean, I know so many couples, they fight like cats and dogs 
on the drive to the church building. They get there and they are all smiles. Mm-hmm. And you know, we even say, you know, your 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 Sunday best. Put on your Sunday best. And that's a disaster. Uh, and we've shared this on podcast before that Phyllis and I for so many years. You know, there are ten couples sitting around, and each couple thinks the other nine couples are doing great. Mm. All ten couples are are drowning, thinking, "Oh, but yeah, all those people are doing great. I wish we could be successful like them." And literally, every couple is is dying, but nobody shares anything authentically. You know, I, just you saying that, I think about when we have a difficult child. Um, and you know, Sky, you alluded that you were that for us. Um, I said he passionate. said passionate. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> passionate, fine. not difficult. It's fine. Passion. Sorry, sorry. Just you were the passionate it. child in our family, um, and that passion was quite uh, difficult at times. Um, but I, I think for those that are listening that have one of those passionate children in their mm. family, it can be very lonely at times very, because yeah. you don't trust you don't feel safe sharing that with very many people if anybody because it's you you take it on as a self-reflection feel a lot of shame that my son is out of control Mm. so and and i think it got worse as you got older like i i do think you know when you were young um and you know the tantrum as we would label it you know others would observe it so your tantrums weren't just in private. Mm-hmm. It was by others. So then you kind of go, okay, well, everybody knows. And and we've shared this on another podcast, just, you know, that what we were given from our church community, mm-hmm. church leaders was spank him harder, spank him more. I remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of, lot of shame and mm-hmm. just sadness over that because we believed that. We really yeah. believed that to... For you to turn into a good human being, mm. that was what we had to do, and it didn't work. And um, of course, instead of pu- having the curiosity to find out, wow, what's really happening with this little guy, mm. we thought we just labeled it defiance. You mm. were just disobedient. You were defiant, and and so because we labeled it that, well, you've got a defiant kid. Mm. Just spank him harder. Spank him more. Spank him harder. Spank him more, and. You know, that just was exhausting yeah. because it didn't mm. work. And yeah. and so then, mm. you know, eventually, though, uh, because of a school counselor that said, actually, what's happening with Sky is he has a heightened anxiety mm. um, that he is dealing with. And it just changed everything for us. Like, to understand what was happening with you mm. changed everything. And we, we in that moment, like this, this school counselor gave us tools and showed us this is what your child really needs. Mm-hmm. And man, we, it came at a really good time in our life where we were like, okay, we're going to radically change how we're doing things with mm-hmm. this kid based on what we've been told. And it, it worked so beautifully. And I think that for a lot of parents, again, when you have a young child that is labeled, you know, defiant, out of control, tantrums, you either lock yourself in your house and you never go anywhere mm. or other people witness the tantrums. But there does come an age when more is is seen in secret, more is seen mm. hidden um, as your child gets older. And you as a parent are dealing with that alone. Mm. You are, you know, in public, they behave one way, but in the car or at home, they are losing it on you. And so you as a parent can become very isolated in that and very alone. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that is something even standing around recently with a group of moms, they were talking about that. Like they mm-hmm. were sharing, we have a kid like that wow. and, and we don't know what to do. But there's such fear uh, of judgment and of, mm. you know, you are the failure. We, we, we mm. compare each other a lot as parents, mm. you know, you look at the, the neighbor across the street whose children are obedient. And so we are like, they've got their act together and I am a failure. Mm. And, and so it is that instead of realizing, wow, see that judgment that doesn't help you mm. actually just get curious. What, what's happening with your kids? Just because a kid is obedient I mean, really, is that our ultimate goal? We just want our kid to be obedient. Or are we Mm. really wanting to nurture 
whatever is inside that kid. Are we are we raising up world changers? Mm. If you're raising up a world changer, I'm not sure obedience. If you go down the road of obedience mm. and that's your only goal, I'm not sure you're going to raise up a world changer. But if you get curious about what's happening with your kid and you're like, I want to nurture the good in that kid. I want to uh, learn what, what gets him so riled up. I want to figure out, and I want to give him tools. Uh, you won't be able to give him tools if you don't figure out uh, what's happening with your kid. And then he grows up and maybe as an adult, he'll get his own help uh, and he'll lean in and go, man, I, I need to get some tools because uh, I want to channel this in a good way. Yeah. I have uh, Lots yes, of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. So okay. I, I think on that last piece, we, we talk a lot about this. I think on that last piece, what I feel, what I would consider positive pressure as a dad all the time is Asher, our oldest son, our only son, is named Asher. And he looks to me probably still as the coolest person in the world or close mm. to. Well, other than me. Right. <laughs> other than Papa. Everybody knows um, that. But but there's still there's still that relationship of like, if Dad's doing it, it I'm doing it's it. I'm doing it. But also like Dad's doing it the best, like he's the mm. best. And I take it as positive pressure to never stop growing because mm. I I know that relationship will shift. It, it has already. He's 13, so there is some. He's taller than me, mm-hmm. which is painful. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so so there is some of that where he's becoming a man and, and there is less of like superhero dad, yeah. but there's still very much like I'm impressed by dad. Yeah. And I would challenge anyone listening to that. If you're not impressed with yourself, mm. your kids are not impressed by you. Mm. And that is super heavy and has weighed very heavy on me as a dad, but it's mm. convicting. It's yeah. like, go be impressed by yourself. Mm. I, I love the adage of like, you're you're the only main character in your story. Mm. Make it a really cool story. Mm. Like, go be a superhero. Because mm. if you're not your kid's superhero, somebody else is going to be. Mm. And I don't mm. trust people. Mm. <laughs> so like, I, I don't want yeah. someone else to be sure. their superhero. I want to be that guy. Well. For them, that's always growing and that they can go to. Because right now, there's a spread just based on time. So you said that, that eventually they may grow up and get their own tools. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage that. Go get your own tools. But I want to always, to some degree, be a resource for my kids. Mm -hmm. And I want them to look at me as a man that is always gathering tools. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed Mm -hmm. with growth. We're obsessed with growth. Like, it is... I only get to live this life one time, Mm -hmm. and I want to gather as much as I can from a wisdom standpoint as possible. Mm -hmm. Not exclusively, but a big part because I'm a dad. Mm -hmm. I chose that. Mm -hmm. So I want the tools to pass down. Here, Ash, here's something new. As a 13-year-old, as a 30-year-old, as a 50-year-old, I want to keep growing. So I I think that is... Let um, me say one thing, too. Yeah, Because what I have seen, even in the days that you feel like you're failing... Or like you haven't handled something really well, our kids call him out, mm. and I think that that's a really cool thing because yeah. in his failure, he he's done because we all fail. Mm. Parenting is one of the worst and the best. Th- mm. I mean, I talk to so many people; they're like, it's the most like just this gift. Mm. But also, sometimes I want to cut off my right arm because mm. it's so hard and I'm just like freaking out, you know. Mm. But I think that that is something as as you're parenting through the hard things, it's really cool to watch when your kids will call you sure. out because it it kind of clicks of like, oh, they heard it. Mm. Like, they got it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And I'm so thankful they're willing to go, mom, quit. Yeah. Dad, well, quit. And th- we have older kids. You know, that's not going to happen when kids are three or four. You know, well, maybe. I don't know. Be yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I would say we invite it. We so do invite yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You do have to invite yeah. it, I like, think. Like, just to be clear, we're never like in a heated situation and one of them goes, Dad, that's enough. Like, mm. it's not that. No. But they certainly will come back. Yeah. Actually, really, just to me, not to you, mainly because well, you don't really do anything wrong. But, um, that's not true. Well, but uh, but uh, like our interactions, I'll, more often than not, I'll come to them and be like, hey, I handled that poorly. Mm. Like I, I oh. really let that get out of hand. I let my emotions control the situation and I, I didn't uh, – usually they quote some connection codes, quote of some sort. But, Way to go, um, kids. Yeah, and the, They're and, my favorite grandchildren. And, and, and both of them, almost without fail, be like, yeah, 
yeah, you did handle mm. that really poorly. And I'm like, okay, well, let's move on. Cause, cause it, that's it. But <laughs> You it, could have defended not, me a little bit. Though. I do think that's what I was like, dang right. it, like you would have too, but that doesn't help. No, but with boys, and especially a boy that's very high testosterone, very like, man, I'm a man, you know, mm. whatever. For him to look at Sky and to say, you're being mean to mom. Mm. Like, that's a cool thing, what, you know? That's incredible like, teamship. Right. Yep. And so, Absolutely. and then I feel like, oh... He sees me because when you were talking about the lonely side mm. of, as his mother, it was so mm. lonely. Like, mm. because I did feel judged mm-hmm. by a lot mm. of other mothers. Because my child would lose it to a point where their children would not lose it mm. that way. And that's why I want to say, like, some of these kids are different. Like, uh, there, there are some kids that are just, they're mm. hard. And I have a couple friends that have them. And it's like, you just, like, want to, like, Mm-hmm. hold them and be like we're gonna make it we're gonna do yeah. it we're gonna make yeah. it because i do think that there are some mm-hmm. that are harder than others 100 mm-hmm. and it's so so lonely and to watch that when you when he goes hey don't be mean to mom mm-hmm. it's like oh he sees me you know mm-hmm. and like that's wow. what's so crazy is even as a yeah. parent like some of the some of the intense feelings are like do they not care about me mm-hmm. you know and yeah. i'm sad does my child not care about me mm-hmm. and it can feel that way you know mm-hmm. so I don't know. I just think that that's something that I want to encourage people to have the younger kids as they get older. If you oh. just keep, you're in the trenches, but you just keep going mm-hmm. when they get it's older, a it's a season. It, yeah. like, if you, right. cause for me, it was like, Oh my gosh, I'm doing this for the next 18 years. Uh-huh. And you mm. get really, really overwhelmed, uh-huh. but oh. it's like each stage, they get just a little bit better. And you, you see this where like their friends think they're incredible. And, and, mm. and their teachers are like, what have you done with this kid? And I'm like, I don't, mm. I don't know, because he doesn't always act this way at home, you know? Mm. But mm-hmm. if you keep at it, you're going, as mm. they get older, you're going to look and go, wow, what we did. Mm-hmm. You have, like, the fruit of yeah. everything yeah. you've worked yeah. for. So. Absolutely. If you work for it. That's what exactly. I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, the tools. It. I love that, Sky. what yeah. you said. Just that, you know, it's, it's not just, uh, oh, you'll just hang in there and you'll get lucky. Yeah, it's, and it's not a time thing. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's really going, wow, okay, I need tools. And mm. I need to be curious. I need to be curious mm-hmm. in, in this parenting thing. And I need to figure this out. Yeah. And I may, you know, if, if what I'm doing isn't working, then I need to find Something some other else. tools. And mm. I need to talk to some people who, I need to surround myself. I know, Sky, you talk about this a lot. Surround yourself with people that are actually living intentionally mm-hmm. versus it is. And, but when it, you, and when you do text me who they are, cause I'm looking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but it yeah. is like, that makes such a difference mm-hmm. when you go, you know what? I, I want more for mm-hmm. my family, for my kids. I want to lean into curiosity, yeah. but it can be a lonely road and mm-hmm. you can be criticized for the choices that you make. And we definitely went through mm-hmm. that season, yeah. Um, yeah. especially with you as a son and the trouble you got into as a teenager. And, Yet now I look at our relationship, yeah. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I do run across some of those families that were so critical of us and I hurt yeah. for mm-hmm. what they now have, which is mm. so sad because they don't have connection with their kids anymore yeah. as their kids are now adults. So can I'm I, so, th- so thankful for can what Can I we say this share. too? Because you mm-hmm. saying that, find people that love your kids. Mm-hmm. Find people Agree. that love your kids because mm-hmm. we are now in a community of people do it, girl. Mm-hmm. That love yeah. our son cool. so much. Like, so much. And we didn't always have that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I tell them all the time, like, you are so special. Because mm-hmm. not everyone has loved him mm-hmm. all the time, you know? And I don't just stay around these people because they're just, like, the people you hang out with. Mm-hmm. Like, Find people that love your kids because mm-hmm. if not, just be the four, well, yep. where, how many you are, but just yep. be yeah. you. Like, just yeah. be, because you can grow a lot. I'm not saying to isolate yourself. I'm not, but I'm just saying if you've got a community of people that don't yeah. cherish your children, mm-hmm. try to find somebody else. And it's yeah. not easy. It's not an easy mm-hmm. road, but I'm telling you, it's so worth it to mm-hmm. keep moving. Through that, people that love your kids. Yeah, absolutely. I, I view it as like protect your family. Yes. Mm. Like protect, and, and we have done a poor job at this. So I want to keep going back to that. Like, yeah, we're not. We're trying to figure this thing yeah. out. But that is something I'm convicted on. I view it as I would rather just be the four of us always, and this is, I think, an important piece, always actively looking for a mm. tribe. Yeah. 
uh, than to just try to fit in. There's, mm-hmm. I, I have no interest in that anymore. No. I'll never mm-hmm. do it again. Cause, and mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it is bigger than, um, well, you know, they're not our favorite. Or, or you know, well, they're kind of rude to our son, but they love Addie or whatever. Or, or they're a good time or we have the same mm. hobbies or whatever. Like, I think this is big picture. Uh, the, the path that you, you as a family are going to take is greatly dictated mm. by the people you surround yes. yourself with yeah. mm-hmm. in, in every area of life. So be intentional mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, we're in somewhat, we're kind of on the back end, but we're in somewhat of a season of... A, a transitional season with the our tribe, the, the community that we hang around, mm-hmm. and you'll know it when you find it. Yeah, like when yeah. you, like you said, like when you find people that love you well, mm-hmm. that inspire you, that live intentionally, you'll notice. Mm-hmm. Like these are not people that will pass by, and you go, I don't know who to look for. Like mm-hmm. look until you know, mm-hmm. and when you find them, you'll definitely know. Um, I, circling back to what you said, just as far as raising me and my sisters specifically my older sister so there's i guess you've already said this there's four of us yep. so my uh, oldest uh, sister echo we were are we saying names or we can't say names <laughs> i'm saying echo. um we were super close growing up and we were i would say polar opposites in mm-hmm. al- almost every aspect of life um and i was recently talking to her and i don't remember the topic but she referred back to something about our childhood and she said, oh yeah, you didn't have to worry about that because you didn't listen to anybody. And she was just talking about some of the trauma she had experienced through mm. religion and some of the things that had she had interpreted that really defined some of the paths that, mm-hmm. paths that she went on. And she presented it as though I would know. And I was like, when the heck did you hear that? Because mm. we went to the same church. We were in the same groups. Mm-hmm. We, were, yeah. we were connected. I mean, we were together all the time. And she was like, you're unbelievable. Like, you just didn't hear any of it. Mm-hmm. Or you, or my filter, and I still live this someday, like, if it doesn't make sense to me, I'm like, yeah, not interested. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is the um, the silver lining with the, the world changers is what we call them. Because I, I think that is the reality. They're either the disasters, like, they'll mm-hmm. really go downhill. And I think this is not entirely on the parents, but predominantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll either be disasters or they'll be world changers. Mm. And and they're responsible for their direction in life. Like, I don't sure. want to put too much pressure, but certainly as we're talking about parenting, like that is a big part mm-hmm. of it. Um, and that realization that some of the most difficult aspects of those children are their greatest strengths mm-hmm. if you can get them there. Yeah. And and talking to Echo recently was just that you I got to be free of so many of those traumatic mm. experiences yeah. Cause I wasn't interested in them. I was passionate mm-hmm. about other things, yeah. and that's a gift. Like, and yeah. I, it was. This is recently. This is probably in the last six months. I've never thought about that. I'm 36. I never heard it. Never thought about it. And the way she explained wow. it, it was like, oh yeah, that stuff didn't get in because I, mm. it didn't make sense to me. Where right. she heard it, right. and she was like, I was just always quiet and, and listening and being told yeah. what to do. Mm-hmm. And now she's not that way, but. Um, but it was an incredible journey yeah, for her absolutely. to get to where she would stand up for herself. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't take, have to go on that journey. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. so true. Wow. Well, uh, love, love just mm. this time with you guys. And yeah. I really, I hope we can do it again. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, even the fact that y'all said yes to showing up today means the world. But mm. it's because some of our listeners asked like, and I thought, oh, how cool is that? That people really do want to know mm-hmm. uh, more about our family, more about our kids and how, yeah. you know, life affected you growing up and and where you are now in life. So appreciate your openness and just mm-hmm. even talking about your kids just so openly. And I love that. And mm-hmm. one thing we do on our show, which we should have prepared you for, sorry, is that we do the wheel um, at the end of each one. And we would love for you guys to do the wheel and do it over parenting, do it over uh, whether it's current parenting or just your journey in parenting. Mm. so do, do we have one or we have to remember them? Mm. Mm. We, we do have one, one, but I bet you could remember all oh, eight. easily. Uh-huh. Eight, eight words in a language. Yeah. yeah. Not that many. Yeah. <laughs> so which one of you wants to start? Mm. Um, I'll start, but I'm thinking like one's coming. Yeah. There it is. Oh, yes. there you go. Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, yeah, love it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So the the specifically to parenting or events that have happened recently. Just um, through this conversation, I feel anger that I didn't seek 
this information mm. on that even that we're talking about mm. now that I feel like I live by to some degree sooner mm. as a parent. Yeah. I, I feel shame about that mm. to some degree that yeah. I, I didn't take the time uh, that now I view as a Whoa. a must mm. to to be a present yeah. intentional dad. Yeah. Um, I feel a ton of guilt about how the first few years with our son went because mm. we were clueless. And I would mm. say that we took the majority of our advice, but it wasn't advice as much as just like whatever dripped in from people that we did not want to emulate. Mm. So, and that that's interesting the way that you spoke to that of these were the, the most critical people of mm. our parenting style. Yeah. We weren't interested in emulating, mm. yet we took that on mm. as mm. that's how we're supposed to yeah. behave and, and treat him. Um, I, I feel a little fear... Uh, that people listening to this um, won't be able to digest it and use it. It'll just mm. kind of be this overwhelming, mm. like, I don't know how to do any of that. Because mm. um, it, uh, it does feel like a lot of times. Uh, uh, lonely. I'll come back to lonely. Um, these are the difficult ones for me. Sad. Uh I'm gonna have to come back to that one. <laughs> Hurt, I'll probably have to come back to There's joy. been pain. There's been pain in your parenting. Oh, oh, no doubt. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I've, I've felt sadness about uh, more of those same things that mm. I, I didn't seek the tools out early mm. to have confidence in what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I probably I, I don't know if this is all the way, but there's probably some loneliness of. Wanting to grow as a parent and having a really, really difficult time finding like-minded people that are really focused Mm. on living intentionally in their Mm. best lives. Mm. Um, Because that that is, I mean, it's at the top of our Mm. my priority list of really wanting to grow and and be the best I can. Uh, I feel a lot of joy doing this. This was mm-hmm. more fun. I was, felt some fear walking into it, but mm-hmm. um, it was a fun conversation. So, yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed it. Wow. My turn. Yep. That's cool. Um, okay. I feel anger, I think, about the way the world sometimes wants you to be the perfect parent and the child mm. and the relationship that, what? Just be. Oh, um, that that creates between families. Mm. Um, and I think what you're talking about, there's not always enough openness. And if people mm. open up, then a lot of this stuff goes away. Mm. So, wow. uh, shame definitely in, uh, younger years. I was 24 when I had the first one and, um, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, mm. and I was still wanting to be a kid myself. Mm. And I think mm. that that really wow. played into a lot of my parenting mm. of, um, I don't know. This is a lot of responsibility. It's not very fun. Mm. Like, okay. Mm. Um, Guilt, same thing. Just I handled things, uh, ways that I shouldn't have handled it. Mm. And I feel guilt because I know that there's pain in that for our Mm. kids. Mm. Um, Fear. Um, I think I feel fear that people will listen to this and think we have it together. Mm. And we're really striving to have it together. But we we definitely have moments that are not great so Mm. um lonely i do think it is hard to find families at times where they either really love your kids or they're they allow your kids to mess up Mm. and they still really really love them Mm. and and they're willing to come to you and say hey your kid did this Mm. and then you can have a conversation about it um sad i think same thing Mm. sad that that's kind of the world we live in hurt um there's been hurt in our parenting mm. where people didn't accept our kids at times mm. and joy that um, we're on a good journey, mm. you know? Like, mm. there's yeah. still times okay. where I'm like, what are we doing? But mm. most days don't feel that way anymore, and they used to feel that mm. every day. Wow. So, yeah, mm. I think wow. we're on a good journey. Love That's that. amazing. Thank you. So you, can cool. you close us out? Yeah, and we really want you to know, uh, first of all, hopefully some of these things were really, really beneficial to you because you need this. You deserve this. So let's Let's do do this. this. That was incredible. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have 
a friend that's a parent, and I'm sure you do, this is the episode to send and share. So often, parents are struggling in silence because we're experiencing shame or we feel lonely. We just don't know who to share our struggles with. So send them this episode. They will appreciate it so much because it will help them feel seen and less alone in their journey. So thank you again for being here. If you are thinking, I need more, I need these tools, like you keep talking about tools, give me a tool. The best place to start is go to connectioncodes.co forward slash stop yelling. This is where you can get access to our webinar where we are teaching you the tool to help your kids learn to better communicate without yelling. So connectioncodes.co forward slash stop yelling and get access to that webinar.